Welcome to the Texas Radio Theater Podcast, Season 8, Episode 6. You're going to hear Schlock Audio Theater's Attack of the Giant Leeches. This podcast is made possible by the Radio Memories Network, Lipson.com, and RF Media at RFMediaPro.com. So, this time, we're going to look at Schlock Audio Theater's Attack of the Giant Leeches, and we invited Charles Pratt, co-founder of Schlock Audio Theater, to talk with us a little bit about their production that they did with the Columbia Audio Theater and Bruce Humphreys. So, Charles... Do you want to say a few words before we play Attack of the Giant Leeches? Uh, Attack of the Giant Leeches was pretty fun to do. The movie itself, I'm always surprised at, well, like Attack of the Giant Leeches and the brain that wouldn't die, just how subversive these films really are and what they get away with, the innuendos and various things that go on and so it, it was fun incorporating some of that stuff into the show. You got to keep it family friendly and all. But if you go back and watch them, and you know that 11 year old boys and girls are, are sitting there in the theater eating all of that up, it makes you wonder what the hell they were thinking when they wrote them. <laughs> right. Well, let's go ahead and play it, and we'll come back and, and talk a little bit about that in detail. Just Keep in mind that, yeah, the Schlock Audio Theaters were created for all audiences. Oh, yeah. My children of the fright relieve the nightmares of their screams where the absurd becomes reality and the horror becomes the norm and all is produced by schmutzy filmmakers. Schlock Audio Theater, Hello and good evening. In the vernacular of tonight's feature, y'all come in and sit down a spell, cause we're fixing to dish up a heap and helping of steam and swamp epic for ya. Tonight we present the apocalypse now of low-budget, mutated, swamp-freak horror flicks by the same author that brought you such revolting, uh, uh, riveting cinema as the Wasp Woman and the Terror. Bigger! You better tell Doctor. The film. Start the film. Uh, perhaps the guest will enjoy playing Barchese instead. What's wrong with you? You don't look very well. Do you need me to perform another session of bloodletting? Hey-ho, Leech is coming right up, sir. Take your seats, masters and mistresses. Roll it! Prepare for Attack of the Giant Leeches! Deep in the backwaters of a Floridian swamp, not far from Cape Canaveral, we find Lamb Sawyer paddling with a porpoise. Hmm, this here'd be a good spot of swamp to break out the moonshine. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. (laughs) What's that? Not ten feet from Lem's boat, a strange creature emerges, 
looking suspiciously like a man in a trash bag with egg crating glued all over it. Sweet Jesus! Well, I best shoot at whatever it is. I better get back to Dave's grocery and tell the boys about this. They ain't gonna believe it. Later that night at Dave's grocery store and tire repair shop. <laughs> now, Liam, <laughs> tell us true. Was that their swamp monster pink? <laughs> I'll tell you what, fellas. I'm going to go back to the swamp and fetch the carcass of that mutated octopus so you all can see it with your own two eyes. Well... Happy hunting! <laughs> Liz, honey, where do you think you're going all painted up like that? Answer me, baby. I'm your husband. I, I got rights to know. Hmm. I'm going out, David, baby. I might be back in a while, and I might not. Liz, baby, Liz! Lad woman... Someday I'm gonna give that she cat a real whomping. Anyone for cards? Sometime later, the new game warden, Steve Benton, and his girlfriend Janet are searching the swamp for alligator poachers. They stop momentarily to confess their love for each other and to suck some face. Oh, Steve. Steve, I love you so much. That's why I'm kissing you on the cheek. I can't... That sounded like a scream. Quick, get in the car and lock the doors, and I'll check it out. Oh, be careful, Steve. Game Warden Steve runs through some shrubbery and whips out his pistol. He's met by a terrified Liz. It's Slim Sawyer, and he's dead. Oh, my God, he's dead. His, his face has deep circles all over it, and, and his neck's been tore out. It's awful, awful. Yes, I see them. Whatever ate on old Lem wasn't an alligator. The next day, Game Warden Steve argues with the swamp sheriff. What? Sheriff Colvis, you've got to be kidding. You heard me, son. Lem was et by an alligator. Plain and simple. But Doc Grayson disagrees with you. The markings clearly indicated to him that Lem was chewed on by some sort of alien from outer space. Perhaps an intelligent octopus-like species. Boy, you're a Game Warden, not Dick Tracy. Now you take your bird brain theories and skedaddle out of my office. But, Sheriff... Just get. No. What's the use? Do me a favor and go soak your big fat head. Did he just call me a big fat head? For the next two days, the game warden and Janet scour every inch of the hot muggy swamp. Steve rolls, and Janet serves hot coffee with the pearlish precision of June Cleaver. Here's your coffee. Steve, did you hear that? Yes. It's gone now. Probably nothing. Well, we've searched high and low. I'm ready to give it up. Let's go home. If only Steve and Janet had looked a little more carefully, they would have seen a skinny, tentacled papier-mâché head with two egg-sized eyeballs and a round sucker for a mouth harmlessly bubble above the surface and then sink back down to the depths of a secret cavern. The next morning at Dave's grocery and tire repair. Get out of here, you fat pig. Oh, Liz, baby, come on, come 
on now. I know you're mad at me, but I gotta get this here order over to Mrs. Shelby's. She's one of my best customers. Don't smash things, Liz. That's wasteful, baby. You disgust me. Go on, get. We'll talk more when I get back. Morning, David. Liz pitching a fit again. Eh? Oh, hello, Cal. Yeah, I guess you could say that. She's a real she-cat, that one. Since Lim died, she thinks we should sell the place and move her into town. I told her, no way! Oh, say, I'm kind of in a hurry. Is there something I can do for you? No, no, just just gonna get some chew. You go on, Dave, and don't let Liz buffalo you none. If you moved off, we'd sure miss you. Thanks, Cal. That's the mighty neighborly of you. Bye now. Something you want, Cal? Sure is, honey. There sure is. Come on. Let's go. <laughs> Meanwhile, Game Warden Steve is expressing his frustration to Janet as they politely sit on the couch and observe the no-touching rule. I just can't understand it. I was certain your father's theory about squid people from outer space was right, but we've been over that swamp a hundred times in the last few days, and we found absolutely nothing. You're not giving up, are you, Steve? Well, with all respect to your father's theories, I just can't waste any more time on it. Dad was so sure. It's a pity. More coffee? Meanwhile, back at the swamp, we find Dave walking with his rifle. He hears voices and creeps closer. I reckon I never met a woman like you, Liz. You're something. Well, how'd a fine girl like you wind up with an old tub of lard like Dave? You're way too good for him. My first husband beat me up real bad all the time. After that, I was ready to say I do to the first nice man that said a pleasant word to me. Well, Dave was that man, but you're more my type, Cal. Oh, I wish I'd got you before, Dave. I know how to treat a woman right, and I'd always protect you. Well, maybe it's not too late. Oh, you're wrong, Liz, baby. It's later than you think. Now, Dave, it's not what it looks like. You put that rifle down before I make you eat it. You go on and try. Don't take another step or I'll... I'll... Stop it. You're going to kill us. It's not my fault. That, that, that tramp was all over me every time you turned your back. I'm your friend, Dave. You wouldn't shoot your friend. Shoot her. Why, you spineless weasel. Oh. David, baby, honey, put the gun down. We can talk it out. Oh, into the swamp, both of you. No. Dave, oh, no, day, the sheriff brings Dave to the swamp to show the divers where he made Al and Liz way into the water. Oh, 
okay, Dave. I'm getting a mite put out. We've been dragging the swamp for hours. Just tell us where you hid the bodies after you shot them so we can wrap this thing up. I done told you a hundred times, Sheriff. I didn't kill my list. Oh, that no good cow. <laughs> I just wanted to scare them and teach them a lesson. Oh, but then some swamp beast with a trash bag and eight great bodies had them both right in front of my eyes and then just sank back under the water. Uh-huh. Deputy Corman, take this here wife killer back to the jail. Okay, men. That's it for today. Everyone go home. Oh, begging your pardon, Sheriff, but uh, if and someone was lucky enough to find the bodies, would there be a reward in it? Hundred dollars, maybe. A piece, maybe. Yes, a piece. Now leave me be, Sam. <laughs> you hear that, Ernie? <laughs> Let's wait till those boys are out of here, and we'll get the poles and shake some alligator nest. Ooh, boy, a hundred dollars a piece. <laughs> that night at Doc Grayson's house. I've been thinking about those swamp creatures, Steve. The reason we never see them could be that they can't take the light. Now I have a little dynamite. Not so fast, Doc. I'm afraid if I see you anywhere near that swamp with dynamite, I'll have to arrest you. Steve! You just don't get it, Janet. Damn it. It's my job to protect the wildlife, even if it's wildlife from another planet. Excuse me. Hello, Dr. Grayson speaking. I see. Thanks for calling, Deputy Corman. What is it, Dad? Dave hung himself in his jail cell. No! They found him swinging like a ham in a smokehouse. There's no cure for that. Oh, how horrible. I'll make some coffee. Meanwhile, night falls on the swamp. Old Sam and Ernie predictably pick this precise time to hunt for the missing bodies. I can't wait to spend my shared money. Hand me that And predictably, the giant swamp creatures attack, dragging the two low-paid extras to a secret underground cavern where we find the others wailing and screaming as the trash bag and eggshell-crated stuntmen, the giant leeches, suck all their blood. Such gore, such terror, and so short. The next day, Doc Grayson learns from Sheriff Covis that the swamp has claimed two more victims. Janet? Yes, Dad? I'm going to dynamite the swamp. I know you love Steve, but I can't sit idly by while aliens sucking things are invading our world. Okay, I'll make coffee. You just had to do it, didn't you, Doc? Watch it, Steve. The dynamite's about to... Oh, my Lord, look! Here's Cal. And old Sam. And Ernie. Later that night, Doc Grayson returns from the autopsy. Their bodies were completely drained of blood. Damn it. Janet! Yes, Father? I need more dynamite. What's up, Doc? Their bodies were not only drained of blood, but none of them were decomposed. The swamp is filled with caverns that could serve as air pockets. And Dave's wife Liz is missing. Damn it. Janet! Yes, Father? Why is Steve cussing? Because that means I have to scuba dive and find that cavern air pocket and attempt to rescue Liz. What's wrong with that? This makes the movie last 20 minutes longer. Damn it. 
The next morning, Steve and his merchant marine buddy scuba dive to search for the cavern that holds Liz. Meanwhile, in the underground cavern... No, please don't. Liz flails in listless but very sexy poses. As the stuntman leeches sucker. Blood, that is. Just then, if you squint just right, you can barely make out in the grainy and confusing edited underwater sequences that a giant leech attacks one of the divers, whether it's Steve or his merchant marine friend, who cares, as long as it moves the blood along. A well-placed knife. When the divers surface to a swamp bank filled with spectators. Use the dynamite, damn it! Janet, light the fuse. May Mother Nature forgive us. It was some sort of monstrous swamp creature. Look at its hideous trash bag and egg crate body. And the last missing piece of white trash. A, a person. Liz Walker. Well, those space leeches will never harm anyone again. Thanks to you, Doctor. Simple deduction, my boy. Simple deduction. Amazing movie. Simply amazing. Don't you agree, Bigor? I'm afraid of leeches, Herr Doctor, so I didn't watch the movie. They're dreadful creatures, and it turns my stomach to watch anything about them. Pish posh. A big, strong hunchback like you? What's there to be afraid of? Actually, you have a lot in common with a leech, Bigor. A leech is a parasite. You're a parasite. A leech has 32 brains. You are 32 brains short of one. A leech sucks blood. You are a blood sucker. A leech likes fish. You like fish. The hour is late, Herr Doctor. Shall I show our guests to the door? Very well. I have work to do in the lab. Prudence blew another neck boat. Reanimated corpses, right? <laughs> if it's not one thing, it's another. Good night, everyone. Steer clear of the swamps on your way home. Alright, we're back after listening to Attack of the Giant Leeches. I'm with Charles Pratt, the co-creator of Schlock Audio Theater and one of the writers of this treatment. Welcome back. Glad to be here, Rich. So, Giant Leeches, you'd already done Colossus, you've done Plan 9. Were you writing these plays concurrently or were you going one at a time? Uh, one at a time. There were a few of them that I wanted to do, but Colossus, I wanted to do it because I just bought the DVD of that movie. And then for others, I just went out and there's a, a company called Mill Creek that packages all kinds of public domain movies into 25 movie packs, 50 packs, and 100 packs. And I just went out and spent, I don't know, $13 on a 50 movie pack and took all the CDs out and shuffled them like a deck of cards and said, okay, I'm going to do this one next. 
So the first one that I'd done with that 50 movie box was Attack of the Giant Leeches. And I thought, oh, man, because it, it didn't even sound remotely fun to do. But I... Uh, <laughs> are, we, are, we, are, we, are we learning about dedication here? Yeah, they say an artist suffers for his craft, right? Well, damn, I was suffering big time. Now I had fun. Off the mic, we were talking about your process was basically watching the movie over and over and over again. Yes, sir. That's that's what I've done with leeches. I've never been so sick of a movie in my life because at the time I was writing it, I was working in a group home for disabled adults. And so I had all night long in between whatever things came up through the night. But basically, I had all night long to sit and look at my computer. And so I'd pop the DVD in and I would watch it. And by the time I got to the third one, Leeches, I had more of a plan And so I'd watch it and write down my general thoughts about the film or or jokes that I I wanted to make sure I put in there or observances or whatever. And then I'd watch it and get a sense of the dialogue, which is bad at best and just deplorable most of the time. And so I'd get the gist of what they were telling each other. And then I would put it through the slot machine and spit it out and see if Bruce thought it was funny. Well, that's right. Bruce Bruce would make his, his notes on it as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I thought Bruce was hysterical. He was really fun. That was a highlight of, of many a night would be we would talk over the phone and discuss whatever schlock we were doing. And he could be so funny. And a lot of things I incorporated just from our conversations over the phone and he would say something that didn't have anything to do with this movie, but we'd put that in because it was just really, really funny. Uh, you, you mentioned earlier about the scenes that were uh, innuendo or pushing the envelope, so to speak. Of, of uh... Yeah, when I went back and listened to this one, Bruce had put in a bunch of bluesy music. I thought that was really a, a neat placeholder for they always had these really slutty women that would come slinking in and her boyfriend would smack her around a little bit and then it's like okay well let's get out to the swamp and hunt for some monsters and they'd go out and smooch in the boat and the the monster the the guy in the giant ginormous trash bag would be 10 feet away flashing around trying to make a scene and uh, but the the star and the leading lady would be over there kissing and squirming around in the boat and it, it was hysterical if i saw something ginormous in the swamp i kissing somebody would be the last thing on my mind i'd be trying to get out of the damn boat and get away from the thing but yeah um <laughs> i guess there's a differentiator between this kind of movie leeches and let's say something that was made by universal like the creature from the Black Lagoon. I love that film. Well, yeah, there's a lot to love. <laughs> it's funny you mention that. I just watched Creature from the Black Lagoon like two nights ago, and that's a beautifully shot movie, uh, especially the underwater scenes. But even in a more well-produced movie, they got this woman swimming underneath the fish guy, and it goes on for like, 
five minutes of nothing but them just swimming down the Amazon or wherever they are. Why would a fish guy even care for your average land-walking woman? I mean, <laughs> it makes no sense at all. Why, why would a leech want a woman? I, what is a leech going to do with a woman? I, what? What can he do? Well, or it not, do, nothing, you know? nothing he wouldn't do to some ox that fell in the water either. <laughs> yeah. It's the same thing. But, you know, in, in all of that stuff, it's the titillation and nabbing 11-year-old butts and putting them in the seat. And it's always the, the promise of, of bigger, better things. And then they never pay off. Yeah, but, uh, but this is not this is not Creature from the Black Lagoon. This is this is leeches. It's, oh, it's, man. This, it's this da- it's lower creatures. Yeah. This, super uh, low budget. Basement. Bargain. Bargain basement stuff here i haven't watched leeches in like several years uh, it's been a lot of years well, based on what you said about writing it you won't be watching it anytime soon no either. no and I, it was just insane some of the innuendos and and uh all of that that was was going on while they're now, at least attack of the leeches had leeches yeah oh it had uh, guys in trash bags anyway oh so there really wasn't a leech that was the prop. It was giant trash bags with miscellaneous stuff glued on to the black trash bag, wiggling, coming close to whoever was supposed to get killed, and they would like wiggle and wave their little glued on mouth around, and then the person would scream and, and die off screen. Well, before we seal this one back up in the coffin, is there anything else you want to say about leeches? I think we've covered everything that's important about Attack of the Giant Leeches. Other than it was excruciating to write. <laughs> it, it was. It, there were several times when I thought of finding the tallest building in town and just walking off from it. It was either that or, or watch the movie again, and sometimes I really had to think twice. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> it's like, and, and people just don't know the struggle or the sacrifice. You know, no. this, there's a lot behind the scenes in schlock. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I love those movies, but some of them can only be seen in moderation. Well, I'd like to thank you, Charles, for stopping back again and talking a little bit about the uh, third Schlock Audio Theater production, Tack of the Giant Leeches. Thanks again for coming. You bet. Well, that was Charles Pratt, co-creator of Schlock Audio Theater, talking with us about Attack of the Giant Leeches. We'll invite Charles back to talk with us again about the brain that wouldn't die. Another Schlock Audio Theater play. That's next time on the Texas Radio Theater Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. As they say, please like, subscribe, comment, and remember to watch more radio. Hello, fiends! (laughs) This is Cadavera. Cadavera Quivery. I'm the host of an all-new horror series named after the place where I live, The Cellar. (laughs) In each episode, I open my great big book and select a story that's certain to chill you. (laughs) So watch for The Cellar. 
coming soon from the creator of Potpourri Theater, Pete Lutz. <coughs> In the meantime, don't take candy from stranglers. <laughs> <laughs>